Yeah, I didn't really notice it being colder. I guess now that you say that, looking back, maybe, but you know, it was pretty cold in the morning. We had our gloves and stuff on, but it worked well with that mag view too. I like the versatility of that because my buddy already had the mag view on his phone, so he was just ready to open that up and put it right on. We got some great video and great pics of some good bulls through it. Rockcast is powered by Onyx Hunt, and for good reason. Onyx Hunt is the number one hunting GPS app in the industry. Stay tuned for a Rockcast promo code. Appreciate everyone tuning in for another episode. I'm Sam Weaver, host of today's Tipsy Tuesday, a short segment covering rockslide.com tidbits, hunting news from across the West, with just a sprinkling of tips and tricks to keep you well-informed for your next adventure. Just a quick reminder to head on over to rockslide.com and vote for your favorite deer, elk, and sheep photo. Voting will only be open until January 14th, and then winners will be chosen. Uh, this week, I've been doing a lot of editing for the upcoming uh, Rockslide staff gear review, and so it got me thinking about what my favorite uh, pieces of gear were throughout the year, and... I pretty much settled on my biggest upgrade this year was the Kawa 99, and I did a little review article. But in the process of this review article, we had it out and we tested it against the other world-class optics from Swarovski, the 115 and the 95. And uh, I got a couple of my buddies that were lucky enough to come along on the test and put their eye on all three. We're just going to talk about what we liked and what we didn't like, and hopefully... You guys that are out there shopping for the best spotter in the world um, can kind of take our opinions and use it. And I don't know. At the end of the day, if you're going to spend over $4,000 on a spotting scope, you better uh, figure out how to get your eye on a bunch of them and pick the one that suits you the best, I'd say. So here we go. I got uh, my buddy, Randon Timothy. He's been on the show before. He's a guide out of uh, Utah and a big Swirl user. So welcome to the show, Randon. Awesome. Thanks for having me back, man. I appreciate it. And also on the show for the first time, I got Sal Soriano. Thank you for having me, Sam. He's my good friend out of Nevada, and uh, he occasionally guides people to some big deer and some big sheep. All right, guys. I guess the first thing we kind of want to cover is what our experiences are maybe with some spotting scopes and kind of how we use the scope in our hunting. So experiences on spotting scopes, I've had a variety of different ones. I've used quite a few different ones. I like, honestly, I like a midway, like a mid-style scope where it's not too big and not too small. I don't like the little ones because it's too small and I always want to see further. And I don't like the big ones because they're too heavy and uh, they're great when they're when you have them there, but it's you need to pick up to get them there. It's what it feels like. Uh, I like cutting weight in my pack and I like it to be light. Although, before we go to Randon, to be fair, it was your idea to, to test out the 95 Swirl, right? 100%. Yep. You like to see, but at the same time, it's like you got to throw it in your backpack and carry it. What's your opinion, Randon? You know, I spend a lot of time sitting behind glass, especially when I'm spotting, you know, guiding, whatever, even just helping guides, uh, big hunters. You know, I spend two to three hours in the mornings and the evenings just sitting, glassing, you know, for long periods of time, watching certain areas where we have a lot of elk moving through. So I've went through a lot of spotting scopes, started with the Vortex, you know, because of the warranty and because I was pretty hard on crap. But 
I'm a big digiscoper too. I like to get out there and get some clarity. And I wasn't really getting that with the Vortex Optics I was using. So switched from that, went to Maven. Uh, I like Maven. They're they're pretty clear. But then uh, I wanted the best and everybody said Swarrow was the best. So I uh, went and bought the Swarrow and bought the BTX because of the time I spend, I get some headaches class in and I felt like the BTX would relieve that. And I feel like it did relieve that and it works, but it's uh, good for some things and not good for others. Yeah, and I agree with you guys. I mean, you know, partly I'm on a pretty tight budget. Uh, Mama only lets me spend so much money. So, you know, I started out with uh, some cheaper spotters and you get behind them and some of them work all right. And I just always wanted to see what I was missing and just kind of work my way up there. Um, and then I decided finally to stop messing around and buy a, a one and done spotter. Uh, so I thought, and I ended up with the Kawa 77. It's a great spotter. I've had it out with Sal a bunch of times against his uh, Swaro. And, you know, I mean, for the price, I don't think anything could compete with the 77. Unfortunately, they don't make the 77 anymore. So if you guys missed out on that, sorry. This whole idea started, Sal gave me a call and said, hey, I want to buy the best spotter. I want to get a 95 Swaro. What do you think? Where should I buy it? Uh, how much you think I should spend? That type of thing. And I just straight up said, hey, I don't, I don't think that's the way to go. If you haven't looked at the 99 from Kawa. And he was like, I, I, I never even really thought that. And I was actually, who? So, so Sal, I guess kind of take us from there, the conversation, maybe your, your thought process. So when Sam was telling me about Kawa, that was the first time I've actually heard of them. And when I did a little Google homework on that, I, I discovered that they were all over the place and you're not your box stores, but anywhere where you find good stuff that you're, you're finding that Kawa. And I just kept looking at it, looking at it, and Sam got his hands on one, and we were able to take it out into the desert here and, and look at some deer. We were um, what really impressed me on that Kawa was the heat waves. When we were looking, it was like midday; it was super hot, and against the all the other scopes, it was it was very clear. It it was I was very impressed. Um, I've never heard of them. Like I said, I'm new to hearing about them, but. When Sam brought it out, it, it was it was something. I'm not going to tell you how to spend your four thousand dollars. Like you better look through it yourself, right? Like I don't want you to to spend the money and then be unhappy. That's how friendships end. I turned to Randon. I knew he had a ninety five, and he was like, "Take this scope and have him look through it." And so he loaned us his scope, which is pretty stressful, you know. Especially he has the BTX eyepiece on his uh, scope. That's a lot of money to to be loaning out to somebody. <laughs> For sure, I knew you take care of it. You take care of your stuff, so I wasn't. I wasn't too worried about it, just a little worried. Basically, in this article, I drive to the middle of nowhere of Nevada, you know, compare some scopes, but really to scout for deer with a bunch of people. And I end up with a 95 with the BTX on it, this Kawa 99 and a Swaro 115, the angled ATX eyepiece on it, all in the backseat of my Jeep. And it was kind of funny to me. I was just like, man, these optics may be worth more than this Jeep I'm driving around in. <laughs> So we kind of get out in the desert. And we have a little uh, criteria of what of what we're going to be looking for, looking through. I had a regular eye chart. We put out there 500 yards to kind of compare them. We had the 1951 resolution chart from the Air Force. And you place that at 35 yards to minimize the mirage. And then uh, we had an antler we put at 800 yards underneath some sagebrush so we could look at it during the shade and, and just see kind of how we picked the antler up at 800 yards with all three of these optics. So you want to take it from there, Sal? 
Yeah, I mean, the clarity was great. We looked at them midday and towards dusk. So the times that you're actually out looking at stuff, I mean, midday is pretty tough. The dusk part can also be just as tough with the shadows and all the stuff that it brings with it. I think all three scopes did awesome. The Kawa for the price difference and the weight is actually another thing that's uh, a big thing with them is it weighs less than the other scopes that it's compared to so i don't know sam i was i was very impressed with it and i know i brought it back and and me and randall took all of them out and and we looked through them and and what was kind of your opinion where where'd you go with that randall so i'm not glad i went into a little bias you know obviously because i own the swirl 95 btx and i felt like i owned the best besides the 115 I felt like I owned the best scope possible. So I was uh, you know, a little biased going into it, but once I looked through it, I was like pleasantly surprised. I think the Kawa 99 is freaking awesome. Might have given me a little bit of regret about owning my BTX and Swirl because I think it's an amazing scope, but I'm pretty invested, so I don't know. But um, yeah, I think it's great, especially for the price and everything. I've been uh, preaching it up to all my buddies looking for new scopes. And I'm in the same boat as Sal too, to throw this out there. I I wasn't super familiar with Kawa until I started hanging around you and you talking about him and getting into Rockside a little bit. So a lot of people that have never heard of them, you know, they, they don't know. They think German glass is the best. And this is the highest end Japanese glass that there is. And it's impressive. And to just go kind of rally back to your point, I mean, to me, at the end of the all the testing that we did and all of the things that are slightly different between the Waro and the Kawa, I mean, the 99 did beat the, the 95 out hands down. Compares favorably to the 115. There was some things that the 115 did slightly better and some things the 99 did slightly better than the 115. So, I mean, I think you're kind of picking points out of fly shit at that point. But yeah, I was surprised how well the Kawa matched up too. I got one thing I'd like to say is the thing about the Kawa, the only thing that I did not like is like Randall, I'm pretty hard on my stuff for the most part. I try to take care of like your big investments and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's in your bag. You go a lot of miles. You know, we do a lot of stuff and there's no rubber coating on the outside. So I think if I owned it, I think I would probably dent it. And I understand that without it, it's it's making it lighter, but I'd almost prefer if there was a little bit of a some type of coating. I know you can buy a jacket for it, but I always say I'm going to buy stuff and I never buy stuff after I buy it. So I'm that guy. I'll, I'll buy it and say, oh yeah, later on I'll add this or add that. I never do. I just end up using it just like it is. Ask Sam about my tripod. It was cobbled together. He had to fix it for me. He's like, I cannot believe you're doing this. So that is the only thing that I, and it wasn't like a game killer or nothing like that where I wouldn't want to purchase one. It was just something that definitely I would, I would have to really be careful with. Well, I think it's funny that you mentioned that, Sal, because, I mean, that's something that I noted right off, too. But, you know, I carried that thing all year, and, I mean, I didn't even scratch it. Oh, really? I mean, I didn't even scratch the finish on it. So, I wonder if coming from a Swaro background, and you just get that feel for that, but you kind of get that in your mind. And I'm not saying that it's not an issue, but maybe it's just the issue that you have in your mind, right? I guess maybe just the security of having the armor on there versus not armor. You just feel better about it, right? That could be. Maybe it doesn't make a real world difference you just feel better about it that could be and that's a good point but like i say mine have always had it whatever i've had so it just maybe like you say it's coming from having to to not having and that might be the difference what was your opinion on that randall so i kind of felt the same like when you grab it, it i don't know it doesn't feel like it's super durable and i was a little nervous i don't know if you want to throw this in there or not i don't know if this is allowed but um 
Sam let me take the the Cala down on my uh, limited entry elk hunt here in Utah this year. And, you know, we had the, we had my swirl, my friend had his maven, and we would set up on this point right at daylight. We knew right where these bulls, well, about the right where these bulls were coming out. And we were looking at some pretty thick stuff. And uh, my friend was using the 99 and I was using my swirl and he was picking up bulls. I mean, we're looking at uh, 2,500 yards and he's picking up the bulls five to 10 minutes before I was through my uh, BTX and a 95. So I kind of just had to hang out and listen to him tell me what was there and what was coming out and then getting on him and trying to find him but we ended up packing the kawa more places than we packed uh, my swirl and it was pretty handy take a little bit of weight off and um like i said hopefully there's not a scratch on it from that but we <laughs> packed it around quite a ways too <laughs> you know i've had a kawa for many years now and i i don't even worry i don't even think about it right like it's just normal to me but i do think like the textile touch of it like the outer fill of the kawa where you're touching just the, I don't know if it's aluminum or magnesium body, but it just feels different than the Swaro. And it is a little bit colder to the touch when you use it in the later season, but I don't know that it really makes a difference that much either. The Onyx Hunt Elite subscription will provide way more value than the $100 annual fee will cost you. And that's before you apply the 20% Rockcast promo code. You'll use Onyx on every hunt every planning session, and now save money with exclusive deals on gear from the industry's best. Onyx Elite also includes application and draw odds tools, educational resources for all species, exclusive mapping and scouting tools, and last but not least, access to nationwide coverage and now Canada. Onyx Hunt Elite is trusted by millions. Onyx has also released new features to help make hunters more successful. Already known for nationwide public and private land ownership and being a fully functional GPS without service, Onyx Hunt has just released new aerial imagery options like Leaf Off, recent imagery updated every two weeks with historic look back and imagery on demand. On top of that, Onyx is reinventing the trail camera market by syncing your Hunt app with multiple cell camera manufacturers and helping organize and analyze your photos. You can also now view your maps in Dash when driving to your next hunting location. These are just a few of the many updates Onyx has for this hunting season. So try Onyx Hunt for free for seven days or go to onyxmaps.com and use promo code ROCKCAST for 20% off your new Onyx Hunt membership. For me, it was kind of almost the opposite, right? Like with the dual focus wheels, I feel like I mess around with the fine focus more than I did with the Swaro. And I don't know if I just like messing while I'm sitting there or exactly what it was, but I feel like almost that the Swaro found its focus sooner. I didn't have to mess with it as much, but that the Kawa focused better. It had a sharp image so i don't know maybe i did i wasn't given the swaro its due diligence by messing with it enough i'd go with like what ramble says at, at the same time when you're on your swaro you're always trying to like just find this little edge i don't even know but i know exactly what you're saying you just keep turning that that knob just just a hair just trying to find just a little bit better focus and i i do the same thing with mine with the kawa it I found that with that little knob, it just kind of like made me happy, I guess. I just dialed it in a little bit more and it was like just enough where you could see just that little bit of clarity and it made it that much better, it seemed like. And I didn't, I don't remember doing that in early morning or early evening um, when we had them out, Sam. I remember doing it in the middle of the day. So I, I, I couldn't tell you the difference in early morning and, and late evening. 
the Kawa, when you use the rough focus wheel, man, I get it pretty close, like straight off. And I think that little focus wheel, like I said, it, it feels like I almost mess with it more than I need to, right? Like I'm just trying to find the, I just like messing with stuff, I guess. So. <laughs> Can't leave good enough alone. Uh, one of the other things that I really like about the Swaro is it has a the new uh, Swaro scopes have an Arca Swiss foot on them. And I think that that's one thing that Kawa could really look at changing with their foot. They have a, just the standard foot that fits uh, your adapter plate. Yeah, 100% agree with that as well. I really didn't notice it that much, except, you know, I borrowed your 95 and you didn't even have a plate on it. So when I got there and I tried to run it on my, we have the same tripod head and his was just, he didn't have a plate on it. And so we were like one plate short the entire time. Remember that's how we had to swap them over and we were constantly changing the damn plates around. Yep. That I do. Because at the end of the day, we had three separate tripods and one of them had a separate head on it. And so we ended up having to swap the the adapter plates back and forth. And we only had two instead of three. It was a, yeah, it created a something for us a little bit. Sorry about that. Well, and I think, you know, it's just one of those things you don't notice because you don't have to use it. Another thing I want to mention, I guess, about the foot. And you guys probably don't know, but on the original 99, they only had one mounting screw. And so sometimes the scope itself would twist on the plate um, just from the weight. And now they've added a second screw so you can really secure it to the plate without having to worry about it. So if any listeners out there were concerned about that, they have uh, Kawa has taken that into account and added another screw to secure it to the plate. On the Kawa 99, we got the extra wide eyepiece we put on there and it gives it 40X. And when you put the BTX on the 115, it goes to 40X. And when you have it on the 95, it goes to 35X. Is that correct, Rando? 35, yeah. And so it was kind of a heads up comparison there. And the wide view, I think for the Kawa is 117 feet. I'm not sure what it is for on the Swirl with the BTX, but I do know this, when you use the BTX, it's a lot more comfortable with the headrest on it to to use for extended periods of time. That was the first time I'd ever used it. I was super impressed with it. I think that's my biggest thing and why I like it is because of, like I said, you know, earlier when I said I, I'm glassing for a couple hours, you know, finding bulls or just sitting there constantly watching bulls come through these clearings or focused on one bull and, you know, to sit there and watch for a couple hours, it's pretty nice and comfortable to be able to put your head on there. The one thing I don't like that I mentioned to you about my BTX is, you know, somebody says, hey, there's a bull right here below this rock on this ridge by this tree and I can't zoom out find the ridge, find the spot and zoom in to get on it. I have to just sit there and scan until I see where they're looking. And sometimes that magnifier on there, it's almost too much because you're too dialed in and too focused. It's having that field of view and being able to adjust um, your zoom in and out really helps in a lot of situations that was brought to my attention this year more than others. I just don't like a fixed power. I thought, I thought the fixed power maybe resolved a little bit better than the zoom lens, but I really like the 30 to 70. And I don't know, to me, I just like it's the thought maybe of being able to go to 70, even though I don't use it a lot. It, you can mirage out a lot at 70, but just the ability to think I can go there makes a big difference to me. I'd agree with that. 100%. I agree as well. Sometimes when you're looking a long ways away, you just want that little bit more. So having it there is always something. Well, I think we pretty much uh, covered it pretty thoroughly, the kind of the differences and what we liked and what we didn't like. I guess maybe in closing, I'm going to say I do think the 99, uh, with all of its features, is the best spotting scope in the world. It rivals the 115 at less weight, uh, has a little bit crisper image to me, I feel. The color difference is slightly different. If you like the Swarrow view, the coloring between the two is just slight. Um, and... 
I don't know. It was something I noticed, but to me, it feels like I pick stuff up a little bit better with, with the Kawa. And I don't know, maybe you can chime in with that, Randon, if you remember noticing the color difference or using the Swarrow and, and really liking the Swarrow color or what there. I think I'm just more used to the swirl color. You know, I spent most of my time looking through it. My friend spent most of his time looking through the Kawa. So I didn't really do too much of a side-by-side comparison with them while looking at Elk because I was so focused, you know, just trying to pick bulls apart and see which one we were going after. But I can't really remember too big of a color difference. What do you think, Sal? Was it something that you remember noticing or not really? Uh, not really. I, I don't think it's something that I would actually worry about. It seemed it seemed very comparable and real close. So I, I don't think I would, I would even worry about that. All right, guys. Anything else you want to close on there? I would just throw it out there for the price. I, I'm with you. I do believe, like, like I said earlier, when I'm recommending a scope, Kawa is the number one scope that I'm recommending now. When before, you know, it was a swirl. Got to buy a swirl. Got to buy the 95 or the 115. If you're looking single eyepiece to single eyepiece, not throwing the BTX in the equation, uh, I would say Kawa is the best. Also, you might tell people that you bought the little Kawa. Yeah. I, I, saw, I saw you the little Kawa. <laughs> yeah, after looking through the 99 and seeing how clear it was, and you know, I really liked the clarity and what they brought. So for my little packable scope that I just throw in my pack on long, long trips, I'll uh, buy the Kawa 55 to haul around. I've been pretty happy with it from what I've looked through it. All right, Sal, you got anything you want to close out with? No, that's it. I I think that the Kawa is really good for the money, and I think it's a great scope. Yeah, I think a lot of Rock Slide sponsors are carrying the Kawa. You got uh, Cameraland out of New York, you got SNS Archery, and you got uh, Guns and Gear out of Boise there. And if you guys have any questions, if if you're ready to step up and want to compare the best scopes of the in the world, I do recommend that you rent a couple, get them side by side on the tripod, and it might change uh, your opinion of a scope maybe that you never heard of absolutely all right guys we'll catch up with you later thanks sam thanks sam you pursue them you cherish them and now it's time to protect them this is the mule deer foundation our mission is the conservation of mule deer black-tailed deer and their habitats the heart and soul of the west join the herd today and help us preserve the legacy of these majestic creatures for generations to come Your membership supports essential conservation projects, research initiatives, and educational programs that secure a future for mule deer and black-tailed deer. Our deer, our heritage, our responsibility. Don't just witness their journey, be a part of it. Join the herd. Together, we can make a difference. Visit muledeer.org today. All right, guys. We got with us Josh Jensen. He's going to tell us about Scree's newest program they're rolling out, The Hunt Club. Welcome to the show, Josh. Thank you much, Sam. Appreciate that. Yeah, we are excited about uh, this release of The Hunt Club. And really what it is, is uh, it's a subscription-based program that you can pay monthly or annually. You know, it's $10 a month. Or if you want to pay annually, you'll save you basically get two months for free, so 100 bucks a year. And what's really cool about it is you get all that money back in a scree credit anyway. So I like to look at it like a if you're familiar with the concept of a health savings plan, you just put money into a bank and then you use it whenever you need it. So we call it the hunt savings account. Um, you know, if you, you know you have a hunt c- coming up next year, start putting money into it and you need to buy the gear, it's there ready for you. And But you can basically put small amounts or larger amounts of money into that account. So there's other perks too, for sure. Um, you get membership pricing all year round. 
So you log into your account, you're going to see a discount. If we run a sales promotion, you're going to get an additional discount on top of that. We're going to have a monthly gear giveaway. So like this month right now, we've we've teamed up with Muley Maniacs and they, they have a carbon fiber tripod with a fluid head. It's about a $500 value. We're giving that away. And all you have to do is be a subscriber. And once you subscribe, you're eligible for all those monthly giveaways. And there's a bunch of other stuff too. We want to do a fun hunt. We want to create an online community for people and just to engage. And so really, in theory, that is what the Hunt Club is all about. Yeah, and there's a couple other perks, right? Like you get the early early access, little sneak peeks of what you guys got coming out and uh, anything over $50 free shipping. So. Yep, and we're going to have exclusive gear for Hunt Club members. You know, that might be a custom shirt. I'm trying to, you know, work on some other non-hunting but non-hunting related type of uh, products, some dry bags, some flannel shirts, some some other stuff that that is exclusive to the Hunt Club members. So, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like an awesome deal, especially if you really know you want something out of Scree. You sign up, pay your membership $10 a month. It goes in your account, and then when you're ready to buy something, you can use those loyalty points against your purchase price. So basically, you get it for free, and you get your membership, so it works out good. That's it. I've heard other people say that uh, <laughs> they can hide it from their wife so that that they don't know that you're spending money on, on uh, more hunting stuff. So if you just do it monthly, small increments, you can get away with it a lot easier. So anyway. All right, Josh, I appreciate you bringing it to our attention there. Like I said, we'll probably be hearing more about the Hunt Club, and you have a thread on Rockslide detailing uh, what you got going yeah, on. Yeah, um, we we're going to elaborate a lot more on Rockslide and with some more details, and we'll give you guys updates on the monthly prizes, and we hope to have some really good prizes coming up in the next few months as well, in addition to you know what we've already done. So, yep. All right, exciting stuff. All right, thanks, Thank Josh. you much, Sam. Moving on to gear reviews. We're lucky enough to catch up with Cindy Sandusky, who's been testing out a new backpack. She's here to tell us all about it. Welcome to the show, Cindy. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. What pack have you been testing out? I've been uh, testing out the XO EXS pack system. It has a shorter frame and it is marketed towards women and youth. And what are the, some of the things you found differently other packs that you've been using? Mainly what the difference is, is the shoulder harness, uh, the way the shoulder straps sit on your chest and the length of the straps themselves. What I found is that the straps are, they're adjustable and they're slightly slimmer. They also have a curve to them where they fit a woman's chest area a lot better than just a flat or a straight shoulder strap or harness. Right. So EXS system is using the same Velcro torso adjustment. So you can move the, right. the strap system up and down. And then the straps themselves are a little bit thinner as in narrower on your shoulder and, and curved away. Um, so it, it gives your I don't even know how you'd say that. <laughs> right. It provides space for um, for larger chests. Yeah. Why don't you tell us about some of the ways you tested the pack? Because you've had it basically most of the season, right? I did. I got it in the summer. And so I started out by just hiking with it and shooting my bow, you know, practicing for the upcoming season. Uh, so hiking around really helped me adjust it to prepare for the hunting season. So then during the season, I used it on my husband's archery elk hunt. And that was here in the Colorado mountains. Uh, we got one that was pretty high up. So I helped uh, pack 
that uh, boil down. And then I packed a pronghorn. You know, they're generally pretty light. So um, I used it to pack my uh, father-in-law's pronghorn out as well as my own uh, mule deer. So I got a lot of good use into it, a lot of good experience in different animals, different amount of weight and elevations. Did you find that it, you could pack more weight with it or it was just more comfortable or how did that all play out comparative to the packs that you've used in the past? I found that the comfort allowed me to pack more meat, make more trips without needing to rest or unload the pack. So to me, that was invaluable, not having to come back and forth uphill, you know. Just that overall comfort really set it apart from other packs. Other packs would really dig into my shoulders right there where my shoulder and collarbone meet right kind of in the armpit. It would just pinch a nerve right there, causing my whole arm to go numb, really. So when I say there's a big difference, I mean, it, it was huge for me being able to pack that amount of meat out on one trip or, you know, several trips and with the elk. I can't emphasize the comfort on my shoulders enough. It sounds like they really hit a home run with this uh, geared towards women. The cut of the shoulder strap seems to be a huge improvement for you. I assume you're going to be using this going forward. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is my pack from here on out. I am super excited about it. Usually I dread um, actually <laughs> get, um, getting an animal out because of I just know it's going to be this excruciating pain in my shoulders. I also found that the hip belt itself was really great, providing that uh, that good fit on my hips and that the pad they had. I found myself, you know, t when I'd stopped to take a break, that it really helped realign, get everything in place whenever I was starting to, you know, get weak from the load. I guess in closing, is there anything else you want to mention that you didn't mention in your review? I don't have anything else to mention, but if you're looking for a female pack, you really got to try this one out. I really, really enjoyed it. And I can't overemphasize it that if someone came to me and asked me for my real opinion, it's going to be try this pack out. If you're going to be packing some serious meat, you're going to need that comfort of those straps that are specifically designed for the women's chest. And frame. All right. You can't sell it any better than that. I appreciate you coming on there, Cindy. Thank you so much. Now, the How for Wildlife Minute. Proposed Colorado ballot initiative would ban all mountain lion and bobcat hunting. Why it matters. The use of ballot initiatives to restrict or ban hunting circumvents the legislative and regulatory process that allows for input by professionals, opportunities for revisions, and considerations of broader impact without the state's overall science-based management plan. These initiatives can allow wildlife management decisions to be made based on an emotion rather than scientific principles and can tie the hands of professional wildlife managers by restricting adaptive tools and methods necessary to achieve balanced and thriving ecosystems. What can you do? As of December 13th, share the information and donate to the CRWM. The link will be in the show notes. This is the very issue Travis Hobbs discussed with Dan Gates just last week. Please take a minute to check out Coloradoans for Responsible Wildlife Management. The CRWM is the front lines of the fight to protect more than just cat hunting. Now is the time to make your voice heard. Just a reminder to keep your eyes out for the 2023 Rockstaff Favorite Gear Picks. This episode has every member's favorite gear from 2023. These 20 or so mini-interviews are compiled together for a one-stop place for all your favorites. Until next time, this has been Sam Weaver. <laughs>